Rolling, baby. Uh, episode, hey, episode nine. Yes. Uh, who are some? Who are some big Islanders number nines throughout history? Only Clark Gillies, right? Yeah. He's the only yeah, cause, one because he got his number retired. Of of no, was there was there one before him? Because he was pretty early in the dynasty. Like, di- didn't he? Join that that crop of of. Uh, didn't he join the Islanders like a while before the first cup? Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely positive on that. But what uh, if we have any way, old fans? Remember... If we have any old fans, they're very upset right now. They're like so mad, which is great. Yeah. I you want you want to alienate the the couple of listeners that you have. I'd like to think that uh, at least half of them were already alienated by any of the. Um, anti-donald trump um yeah. adjacent conversations yeah. that we've had although they probably liked they probably liked vince on the pod yeah yeah vince sh- shout out to the the uh the first celeb on the pod vince vaughn quote unquote well i don't know why you would put quote unquote but mm. uh, anyway uh so the islanders uh since we last talked have won four in a row our ideal uh was win four in a row because they were playing the sabers and the Devils, and they were playing the Bruins, um, who they beat, which was cool, in a in a shootout. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if four and zero, four and zero, they needed to clean up, I, I, and I think it was good that they were able to not look past um, the Bruins, you know. And and that, that yes. then when it came to the Bruins game, they delivered, and then they win again tonight. I I, I understand that some people were. A little bit worried about the way in the third period of the last two Sorokin games he's gotten a little wobbly but I I think look I it's it's been a little wobbly but they they won the games and and it's all shit that you know he's going to be held accountable for and the team is going to be held accountable for because it's not just Sorokin clearly yeah yeah 100 percent. and so I kind of want to get uh out of the way early the two bruins games uh mostly because i didn't get to watch either of them you mean the, you mean the two sabers the two buffalo games you said yes, bruins yeah two the two buffalo games slightly uh, different franchise uh arcs yeah yeah and like current <laughs> current team to current roster both are a little different um so uh i didn't watch either game they were both 5 to 2 i uh was out uh celebrating my fiance's birthday uh and with her so i couldn't really like look at my phone too much i kind of had to pay attention to her because it was her birthday of her yes it was and i i remember kind of like looking at my phone forgetting that you ever uh realized that uh there is an afternoon game and it starts at like noon and for some reason you think it starts at two and I, I pull up my phone at like 2.30, and I'm like, oh, the Islanders game, the first period's over. And I look, and it says 5-2, to two, and I was like, oh, that was yesterday. And I look again, and I'm like, oh, no, that was today, too. No, yeah, yeah, that – I actually, I had a similar thing because it, it's weird. I don't know why I didn't think about this, but I had a similar experience with with the games this weekend where I – I, I um, I knew that the game on Sunday was at noon because I remember thinking, damn it, they're really giving the Islanders NBC time and it's against the Bruins. Like I was like, Buffalo, this Buffalo. This team is, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. 
You're right. See, weird, weird that you would mess that up because well, I would not do that. <laughs> weird that it would be against Buffalo and uh, and like well, and not this, like the Rangers or something. Not the Rangers you know? or or like I feel like Islanders. The best showcase for for Islanders on on like within this division would be Islanders. I think Capitals, Islanders, uh, Flyers. Maybe, yeah, maybe Flyers. I I, I think the, the, they have pretty uh, event packed games, but. When I when I saw that it was the Sabres, I was like, "Oh shit!" So I, I knew that the game on Sunday was was at twelve. There, there's way too many fucking games in such a short amount of time. It's like, yeah. it's very hard. So I, I I knew that the game on Sunday was at noon, but for some reason I thought the game Saturday was going to be at night, which wouldn't work. Like you, you couldn't do that. But like no. for some reason, I like wasn't thinking about it, and my whole day. Like on Saturday, I got thrown for a loop because I just in my mind I was like, I'm gonna watch the Islanders tonight, but then yep. it was one o'clock. Like I, I, I it was like twelve thirty, and I like looked at my, like the app and it said one o'clock, and I was like, fuck, okay. <laughs> so so no, I I did I caught the game Saturday and I I on I DVR'd the game Sunday. Um, I I was playing roller hockey because again, I don't need to watch all these Islander Sabers games. It's hard, man. I, I said in the group chat, watching like the Sabres over and over again, it's like it's like hanging out with a couple that you know is about to break up. There is so much tension. They clearly all hate each other. They clearly are checked out on this situation and they clearly don't know what the hell they're doing next. Like and and you just have to watch that happen. Because like <laughs> you watch the games and then all the podcasts, like and like all of hockey media is focusing on the implosion of the Bruins, so everyone's just talking about this thing. And we're you mean like, the Sabers? You mean the Sabers? Again, I really, damn it! I, re- I really, really messed you up. Damn. Um, damn. Yeah, it does feel like every because the the two of us, it seems like I don't think we've ever really talked about it, but we both I think listen to the same handful of podcasts. Yeah. Um, Alex Jones. Uh, uh, and uh, and I, uh, um, Bill O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly's, and <laughs> I, I listened to Rush's radio show before. The, I salute um, it every day. I, I, yeah. I play it, and then I just salute the <laughs> the flag uh, for of three the, hours <laughs> of the United States, um, because I'm a good American. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we listen to the same handful of uh, podcasts, and it feels like every single week. Every one of them is kind of covering how the Sabers like it, it's it's how how horrible it is in Buffalo, and they just keep repeating themselves. and And no matter who gets asked, you they uh, whenever they're asked about, oh, do you think Eichel will get traded? Uh, yes. Do you think he'll get traded in season? No, absolutely not. So if that's the case, uh, I think they're going to be doing this every week for the rest of the year. It's brutal. It's it's so it's so brutal, and it's brutal. It's brutal hockey watch. Like uh, honestly, it's it's, it's depressing. Not, it, it's not it's not entertaining hockey, and, no. and 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 to me, that's more of a like. Again, the, these games are the Islanders are scoring. Yeah, you know the Islanders are are, are, are getting goals. Um, so to me, the Islanders aren't these games got- weren't, weren't boring because of Islanders hockey. It was boring because like you're watching a team that like has no engine like they, they no. have no engine there's nothing going on there yeah yeah the islanders have scored 17 goals in the last four <laughs> games uh the the one of them being absolutely insane that matt barzell goal 
Yes. Oh my God. You know what? And 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 I I, I appreciate that. I'm, but imagine if that goal happened with the fisherman jersey. Oh my god! Because they were wearing the third. That's right. They were in the retros. Like that's that's the only way that could have been better. You know, or a lighthouse or any like that would have been. Because look, the jerseys don't look bad on the ice. Again, it's just the problem no, they, is it's boring. It is boring. It's unimaginative because the jerseys do look good and they look sharp in the sense that like. I can tell there's a difference because I watch the Islanders all the time. But to a passerby who's just kind of flipping uh, between games, they turn it on and they're just like, think nothing of it. They think it's probably the Islanders' regular uniform, and that's not the point of the reverse retros. I, I was watching. I was watching that game with Lauren, and 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 I was like, "What do you think? It's the first jerseys," and she was like, it, "I I seriously don't." She was like, "I don't, I don't see the." the difference really and the only reason that the two of us see the difference is because we see the other jerseys so often yeah it's but, uh, yeah but they, but no the, the goal the goal i think that goal is the best of that kind of goal in the nhl because yeah. because it, it like i think doing it period is impressive but i think that compared to doing it in a shootout i think doing anything over the course of a game is bigger than doing in a shootout, like yeah. for so many reasons. Because a goal in a, in a in a game affects the game more than a goal in a shootout does. Because the shootout at that point you already have the point. Yes, it's a, it's for an extra point, but like the balls are still in the air in in a goal that's in regulation or yep. overtime, obviously. And that tied the game up, I believe, right? That yes. Didn't even put them up one nothing. And, and and they had a shaky they had a shaky first period. Like they 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 were a bit sleepy, but like. So it was in a game. It was a fifty. It was a puck battle. It was a fifty-fifty puck. Yep. Yep. He he muscled. He he muscled uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah. Who who had like a really bad COVID. Bad. This guy's years. <laughs> yeah. Like like I don't know who the I don't know who the, like the, the 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 saddest sack of all the sad sacks in Buffalo is. Like they're all just a bunch of sad. It's like some sort of Fox Searchlight film. You know, where like a comedian does a serious role and they're very good at it. That's what that's what this like. It's a very like it's a very uh, uncut gems kind of feeling right now. The the Buffalo Sabres here, they're like really just they're imploding in a very like no no. There's not enough there's there's not enough chaos for it to be a an uncut gems like fashion. It's 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 like a slow brooding depressing. Uh, it's there's no there's no pace to it. Um, it's like a it's like a French uh, existentialist film or something. Yeah, something something that's really like quite depressing to watch. Yeah, and moves see. very slowly. Yeah, it's impressive in ways that are difficult. Yeah, yeah. but but like so so that that goal happening to just another great emblem of the, and this goal happening against the Sabers like like <laughs> this yeah. is probably going to be one of the top goals talked about this year because yep. like and it was like as Islander nerds will know like oh that tied the game and blah 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 and the bat like like but most people will just see that goal see how crazy it was and then like of course it ha- they'll think of course it happened to the Sabers yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> uh. Just absolutely pitiful franchise, I guess. Tie tie a bow around that for now. Um, So, uh, 
before tonight, Anders Lee was also continuing to score and produce, and that that first line looked just looked really great. They looked like a first line. Yeah, no, no, you know, Lee. I, I, when I had the outline here, it was Lee. Lee keeps scoring, and then end of the first period, I'm like, well, I feel like I gotta, I gotta I show that. show my understanding of the use of a of a semicolon. Yeah, uh, and uh, the the injury. Um, I, you know, it, it's it's such bad luck too, because something that I was I was interested in the longest time watching Lee this year, and yes. Uh, six of his goals uh, so far have been against the Sabres, but look, so everyone's what? gonna yeah. So what? Like you get to play. Look, you get to play who you get to play. Like we're, we're yeah. not we're not holding uh, Senators' goals against uh, against McDavid or Drysaddle. Yeah, anyone in the fucking Canadian division. Straight, yeah. seriously, straight up. Yeah, yeah. So so the goals you get like. And and Arthur Staple had a great article just about the the training. Anders Lee changing his some of his like uh, his his training in the off season. He went to a new trainer. Uh, he, he went back to Minnesota. Very it seems like a like a, a professional trainer, but like not a trainer to like the stars or something. Just like a very good professional trainer. And just said he got to work on like the details of his game and and that uh, like. Right. It wasn't necessarily changing his stride per se, as much as changing certain conditioning as like conditioning aspects to his his, his Listen, body. Listen, these guys, these guys say it every single off season. Uh, all they want to do is get a fraction of a second quicker because that is what separates the good from the bad and the uh, good from the elite or the elite from the good. I should say it is yeah. literally seconds, a fraction of a second. Uh, reaction time, uh, speed, eh, eh, uh, all of the above. Um, so, so, yeah, he's looked sharp. He's looked great. That whole that first line looks great. They're buzzing. Every line's buzzing. The fourth the fourth line's absolutely buzzing. And uh, but b- before we kind of like uh, bef- before we start talking about them, I I do want to just kind of uh, say that uh, Staple just said. Trot said no update on Lee. He's still being evaluated. That was as of like four minutes ago. I just checked. Um, so I have no idea what the term of this injury is going to be. How long it's gonna, how long he's going to be out? And you know, I I kind of feel like it's a discussion for the next podcast. If it's you know if it's something like two weeks, we really won't have to discuss it. It's more of a plug situation. If it's you know a month or more it's a situation where we kind of start saying okay uh what's the long-term fix here which could be a i don't know uh, not a blessing in disguise uh because that's absolutely losing your captain is not a blessing in disguise but it could force the islanders into being more aggressive at the trade deadline um but once yeah. again we'll, we'll kind of get into that uh later on in the pod we'll talk a little bit about the the trade stuff uh, as I was saying, the fourth line is absolutely buzzing right now. I believe you were talking about how it's insane that uh, you you said uh, you were talking in the in the chat. I believe you said that it's insane that Matt Martin gets a uh, gets a two on one and he decides to he scores a couple goals and he decides to shoot instead of pass there. Um, and it's kind of telling of how like Clutterbuck hit a hit a crossbar. Suzuki is playing great. Like they're all. Uh, they're playing great. They're 
they're pinning t- uh, teams in their own zone and they're they're scoring. Matt Matt Martin's putting pucks in the net. Yeah. Now now look, this is it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to watch this line again, especially because we don't know, and I think they know. They know that they don't know if they have another season together. Because I'm sure I'm sure they're all friends. I'm sure everybody gets it with Sezikis that like it, it's going to take a lot to be able to, to keep him on this team. Yeah, and it, like I, I believe he has at least one kid. Like he, he has to make. I think he's got two now. Yeah, I, I, he has, he has decisions to make, and like yo, he like Jay Beagle got got a bag. You know, like Jay Beagle wasn't going to turn down that contract. From the yeah. from the, the Canucks, like when you're a fourth line center, that's one of the few fourth line centers that's known in the league. You're lucky if you ever get to cash in on that. So it's a situation where I I can absolutely see a world where a team throws a lot of money at him. I know that people connect him to the Leafs because uh, they connect anyone to the Leafs, and he was from Toronto. But uh, I don't think they've got the money to sway him from Toronto to you know uh, from to Toronto from the Islanders at all. I, I, I think that the Islanders will either offer the same or even more money, as insane as that sounds, <laughs> how little how little money the Leafs have to work with as well. Uh, I could see a team like the Blue Jackets or something like that throwing enough money at him where he's like... You know, you know, if, the Islander, if the Islanders, like, Maple Leafs war, like, extends to, like, a bidding war for Casey Sezikis, that's, like, that's the, that's the most niche, dumb hockey brain like moment ever <laughs> it's he, he's a great he's a such a good fourth line center yeah. um i think we could get dumber but it's right there yeah yeah it's toward it's toward the, towards the dumbest it'd be great for casey yes but, yes but it's it's towards the dumbest you could get i mean look legitimate he's on a three and a half million dollar he's like on a three million dollar contract now right or three yeah. and a half something like that yeah that's insane. That's a crazy. That's a crazy amount of money to throw out a fourth liner. Period. It is. You're right. And so, he's he's. I I think he's earned just about every penny of it. Yeah, but but I I, I mean all of this but, is to say that that I think that the Islanders know it would take so many things. It would take Lou moving money out and and probably still Sezikis having to take a bit of a haircut, like a hometown discount. The only like, thing that works, the only thing that works for the Islanders there, and works with and against them, is that uh, Bettman said that it looks like the cap's kind of staying flat for the next four years. Yeah, yeah. So, so he kind of knows he'd have to take a discount, but also it sucks because the Islanders don't have any more money to work with. They need to regard. create money. They're going to need the expansion draft and probably some trades to help them out. Yeah, yeah, but. That's you know they're buzzing right now. It's it's a discussion for it's a discussion for the off season. Yeah. Um. So fourth line looks great. Uh. And then I'd say the most meaningful game within the the group of four is the Islanders beat the Bruins two to one in a shootout. Uh. It was a great, really entertaining, low scoring game. Not not like a classical. Uh. Not uh. What was that? It was like two nothing Devils Islanders game. Uh earlier in the year that was just the worst game that i've ever seen uh was it two nothing i uh or or was it the one against the sabers that was on like nbcsn tell you what i'm gonna i'm gonna wager that it's both 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to some... wager that there was. Uh, I, I think that uh, either way, it wasn't one of those situations. It was a very good. They looked sick in that third period. Well, and and you buried the lead here. They won because uh, I guaranteed it. I missed well, the first period, which you saw. So you saw them when Pasternak scored, which I didn't even see. I've never seen a replay of. So I have no no experience of it, whereas you saw it and you felt that. I started watching after the first intermission, and uh, they tie it, and then they win the game. So it was the turnaround really was when I started watching in the second period. And you think that was big, and for whatever reason, you think that you were the reason that they. Uh, well, I turned, guarantee it. I said, around, quote, I said in the chat, I said it's going to get better once I start watching. I guarantee it. And then you tweeted it, and uh, you tagged me in it, and I wanted <laughs> to, and I wanted to respond in a really petty way, but I, I honestly figured that the most petty thing I could do is ignore it, and that's what I did. <laughs> I saw it, and I looked at it, and I said, you know what? I can't. I, I. I can't have him win, win yet again. Well, but the thing is, you did. Here's a couple things. You did admit it, <laughs> and your admission, your confession, actually confirmed my imagination, which was that that you had push notifications, that you 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 don't mute me on on social media, and then you got the notification. Because even if you muted me, I guess maybe you wouldn't get the notification. But still. Uh, so, so I, that's another W, I think, as far as I'm concerned. And the Isle, the Islanders won, and uh, the the Islanders won, and and uh, like Varlamov's celebration. There's something about Varlamov's celebration that kind of felt like, damn, this team's really starting to believe in believe in themselves. You know? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. The goal that he let up was a weird one. Another kind of like falling I motion. I didn't see it actually. Oh, um... <laughs> so neither he fell, actually he fell again. He fell again. I didn't really even see it either. I was. I decided. I actually closed my eyes for that. So. <laughs> All right. He fell. He fell a little bit. It wasn't quite like the. Um, Slipping on a banana peel situation from the Penguins game. Oh, that was sucked. That ruined yeah. that game. It, it did. Remember how good they were playing, and how I believe someone in the chat said, uh, "Wow, the Islanders, the Islanders look absolutely unstoppable right now." And then, <laughs> and then he slipped on a banana peel, and then they lost the game in overtime. So anyway, uh, he fell backwards a little bit. It was kind of like I don't know. I I don't know what the situation was. I was watching with Scott. Because uh, we were at rehearsal, and he made a little bit bigger. I I wonder if he'll get this far on the pod. He made a big deal out of it. It wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't like insane. Um, but anyway, um, and then and then uh, they tied up on a nice power play goal, and then the shootout, the overtime was good. Uh, relatively high event, trading trading chances, and the shootout. Um, Everly and Bouvillier score really nice goals. Yeah, no, it, it's it's nice. I, I'll, like, it, especially it's it's nice seeing the way Bo scored with the. Uh, yeah. He, he did the he did the Franz uh, Danish backhand of judgment. Yes. It was it was it was nice. Uh, we call that a we, we call that a callback, you know, mm -hmm. in, in the biz. Um, Recently waived Franz Nielsen. Uh, 
Maybe, maybe he'll he'll join Miro Shatan and Radek Martinek at, at, like skating at Iceworks all the time. I'd be into it. I love that guy. I love all three of those guys. Yeah, they're 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 all bangers, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, um yeah. Although I I slightly uh I slightly blame Miro Shatan for manifesting helping Greg Wyshynski manifest Tavares leaving the Islanders uh with that tweet where he uh I believe he said something like, oh, I pray to Satan that he leaves. And then Mira Shatan replied on his Twitter and he's like, you pray hard enough, anything could happen. I don't know. Oh, it, was, it was something like that. So he sli- I, I, I blame him slightly for manifesting the uh, redacted 91 situation. But anyway, okay. we'll move on. Uh, tonight, the Islanders had fans in the building. They had uh, medical workers uh, cheering the boys on. How you feeling? How you feeling about that? Uh, I mean, I, I thought if there's anyone that's there that's going to take it seriously, it'd be them. Yep. Like, b- b- what what is kind of what was kind of funny when they when they first like you know showed a shot of the fans in the arena and they did like a salute to the fans or something. One of yep. the first groups of people that, that that they panned to, amongst them, one of the people had their mask down on their chin. They were eating. They clearly were eating, but it was just kind of like it was kind of a funny visual to get like. Uh, and, and a, a maskless person, like very early <laughs> in the tribute to this, um, like as they're like huddled in the midst of like five other people. Um, but but well, so I'm willing to bet that that was because they had frontline workers and their families. It was some. It was probably some dumbass uh, partner for one of the frontline. I mean, they were eating, so it is what it is. But maybe yeah. maybe in the pandemic situation, eat before the game or after the game. But either way, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Um, Look, yeah. whatever, especially, especially, yeah, like, I mean, I, I really appreciated Brendan Burke. Uh, he, he mentioned how his uh, wife is, is, a, is a healthcare worker and his, his mother is a healthcare worker. And uh, this isn't over yet. It's important to, like, like recognize the people that can't be here, which I, 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 at first, and it might have been kind of a, a double meaning, like referring to healthcare sure. workers that can't be here because they, died and, and people in general that that have passed uh, but but also just the people that are working right now in ICUs it's still here and like him drawing it to a you know you have a lead in the third period but the game's this this game's not over yet you know you, you have to the game's over when you're at zero and and and, yep. and and you're up and uh I thought that it was nice uh it was well put by him I mean he's clearly he's so clearly going to be like the next voice of hockey in america right like he's sincerely he's young enough to become the next doc emmerich i think i hope um and i hope that it's a doc emmerich situation where he kind of does both gigs for a while while he's young yeah and then maybe as he's older kind of leans into just doing the network stuff i agree i agree um i would i would like that and uh i think that uh how doc had um chico I think that uh, Butch is the perfect counterpart. Oh my God! But what? Who? Butch referred to. Uh, he referred to the uh, uh, Sorokin as Buffalo. <laughs> he, it was. It was. It was something insane. Where he either called the. Uh, I think he may have called the um, the Devils the Sabers a couple times. Yeah, um, or at least once, if not twice. He pulled an us. He pulled an us from the first part of this episode. Unfortunately, he gets paid much more money than we do to uh, yeah. 
to talk about hockey. I mean, you know, we get paid pretty good, but yeah, yeah, he gets paid better. We um, only get six figures. Yes. A- anyway, um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so the boys are getting a little bit of uh, recognition around the league from uh, outside writers and and podcasters that don't just cover Islanders Islander stuff uh, exclusively or mainly. Um, you know, Dimitri will be tweeting. Uh, Dimitri's tweeted periodically throughout this uh, this season about the Islanders. Whenever you know, uh, I believe they had they outchanced. Uh, High danger chance to the devil sixteen to nothing in the second period tonight. He tweeted something about it. He he'll he'll always do the. Uh, he tweeted about Sorokin's first two wins being shutouts, where they where he had to face like nineteen shots and stuff like that. He puts the puts the smiling Barry Trotz uh, picture uh, next to it every time that he does. Uh, uh, Dom had recently Dom from the Athletic had recently written an article talking up uh, the Islanders a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, he, he, well, and, and he, so he mentioned that, like, basically that he talked about how his, his system or whatever his methodology is, has never given the Islanders the credit that they deserve. Like, it, it, it never, it sure. never pans out, but that this year, that now, like, this team is starting to really separate itself. It, may, it might be a little too early to say from the rest of the division, especially because, you know, uh, the Penguins haven't played the Sabre, Sabres yet at all. And, like, the Islanders have the Devils a couple more games. And then, like, they don't play the Devils or the, or the Sabres until the last week of the season after a couple days from now. Yep. It's everybody else. So, um, but, but you know, he, he, t- he talked about how the Islanders are, are uh, their, their metrics are starting to bear out. And... Uh, it, a lot of it has to do with it's, it's, you know, they're referred to as a team that doesn't have stars or whatever, but like their first line is, uh, ranks fifth amongst forward lines in terms of expected goals percentage. And, uh, the top pair with the uh, Pulik and Pelik, uh, is the fourth best uh, expected goals rate of any pair in the league. So, you know, the Islanders, That's, uh, those are, both those things are pretty good. <laughs> that's that's incredible. Both those things are good. It's great. I mean, it, and it's it, but it's like you know the athletic you know for uh, which is like uh, Leafs Central plus two, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, is giving the Islanders the love because there's no longer anything for them to poke holes in. They're not failing any test anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. It it feels it feels nice. Uh, you said the athletic uh, hockey pod also, and just talking about the division kind of gave them a little uh, talked about them in in a kind light, which is you know it's 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 rarely something you hear on these podcasts because there there's always if someone if someone from one podcast is kind of talking up the Islanders you get pushed back from another person, regardless, um, and so it's it's kind of it's kind of been that where. They either don't get talked about, or whenever they get talked about, it's someone convincing someone else that they're good. Um, when it's it's whatever you know, it, it, if it's worked this if it's worked this this much so far, stick with it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah I, and, and I will say with, with the episode of of the athletic uh, uh, hockey show that I I listened to, 
it was it was Ian Mendez and uh, and Sean McIndow, who, who I think I think are like some of the 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 more. Like, I love Sean. I think Sean's great. I think that well, yeah, and I mean neither. Well, I guess yeah, Sean is an OG Toronto boy, but he's not. Yes. like he's not part of like that whole system of yeah of uh, the Sun esque uh, hockey journalism. Yeah. Um. So so uh. But just just them talking up the division about how it's probably like the best division in hockey, and 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 Dom's article in the Athletic was also touching on this, and and. Uh, but like the, the Islanders, like it's the best division in hockey, and the Islanders are the first team that they 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 both just mention when talking about right. these divisions. They, um, they're first in the division, and they've just won seven straight, so well deserved, I think. Yeah, agreed. Um, so uh, another little tidbit of Islanders information is uh, that the fourth period ran an article on some potential trade targets for the team. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I mean this, so this was from a couple days ago. So honestly, depending on how Andrews Lee's injury pans out, I'm sure we'll be able to talk about this further next episode. Probably yeah. it's given us material, which is nice, but horrifying for the team. Yeah. Uh, um, but good for us again. So, yeah. you know, and he didn't accept my friend request. Um, Could it be punishment in, in some kind of, uh, that's between him. That's between him and that's between him and God. So, right. you know, I, I hope he's thinking about that a little extra right now. Hey, check, um, maybe you should, maybe you should check back a little later tonight see if it's been accepted. So, so yeah, the, the, um, the fourth period a couple of days ago posted an article about how they're looking for a third line, left wing for the for for uh Pajo and Wallstrom to play with and and I it it does kind of you know speak to Dal Cole has been you know he's been good in in that role but the guy like literally doesn't get any offense in like yeah. they, they they put him up a couple times with Lee Hurt tonight and like he was on a power play and he'd like just a, a free one-timer to take from the slot and he just yeah. like shanked it, and it's like, dude, you're never gonna get that. Sh- you know, you're never getting that shot again. Like that was your <laughs> chance. That was your chance to like feel that in the NHL. That's not happening again. It's over a, for you, boss. He had a pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy pass on the power play to Pollock too. That was like the hardest pass in the world, and like three feet above Pollock's stick. Uh, <laughs> it was it was legitimately concerning. But um, so 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 as much as they appreciate Dal Cole's effort, that to me this signals that like they if they can improve there they will, especially third line left wing. If you're getting that on, on the trade market, unless you're vastly overpaying, which the Islanders should not. Dal Cole works well enough to to not, in my opinion. Yeah, overpay yeah, no. overpay for that spot. Well, I don't think we have to worry about that. They don't. They've they've really not ever overpaid for anything ever. So. <laughs> Well, so so they were the thing that that was on the fourth period and fourth period. I, I was saying before, before we recorded, I think they deserve a, a little bit more respect. That they've gotten scoops before. They got uh, scoops when um, a certain Pat Brisson client decided to uh, you know have a little uh, pajama party for the rest of his uh, career, and and, yeah. and he also had his. They had. I don't the remember scoop. his name. For Dacted or something, uh, and, right. and he also had this, the the details on the on the Barzell. Um, 
Yeah, he broke the Barzell signing. He so, was the first to break that. So, so, so he has Islanders connections, and or on, on some level, he he has a decent pulse on on what's going on in Islander world, um, or maybe Pat Brisson world. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, he reported that that the Islanders and Panthers were talking about a uh, Leo Komarov or Brett Connolly trade. Um, Brett Connolly right. is a guy that scored. He scored 20 goals, I think, at least a couple times. Maybe 30 once. I, I'm not sure. But but he's a guy. Uh, yeah. He's a guy that, like, he, he was drafted in the first round. He's a bit of a reach. He was injured, I think, his draft year. But he's always been a scorer. And, like, to me, honestly, it just sounds like, oh, a guy that, like, worst case scenario, you want Oliver Wallstrom to be, you know? Like, right. like to, to at least be that. You want Oliver Wallstrom to be much more of an engaged and and relevant player than a Brett Connolly. But uh, yeah. apparently, so so they had talks that they haven't been there yet. Apparently, uh, also in the same article, that they were looking in, before the season to try to get people to take Komarov or, or Hickey's contract. I, that's mm-hmm. not surprising. They, they were talking, they're trying to get Detroit to take Hickey's contract. I'm wondering if the Mark Stahl trade ended up being... The, that's probably what ended up being there that that move it beat that yeah like it, it beat that um but but apparently you know um so they're looking to get money out um and and he he speculated that some some targets that that they look at were uh tanner pearson uh callie Yonkroke, uh so pearson of the he's on the canucks he's on the now, canucks now right yeah yeah canucks Yarn Croak on the on the Predators and uh Ayafalo yeah, on the King, on the Kings. Kings. Um was follow on those cup teams? I know Pearson was. I don't I don't know. I follow I've watched like I've vaguely watched a bunch of Kings games this year because uh we'll get into this in a little bit, but I have ESPN plus and uh there's been a bunch of like Kings games on there, but like I just I, I don't know maybe I just don't know enough about their team. Maybe this is how like the first couple trots years people trying to watch Islander games and they're like, I hear this team's doing well, but I, I can't really get a sense of what's going on here because I, I hear that the Kings are doing well, but every single time I've watched them this year, I'm like, I don't get any vibe for this team or sure. any pace. Okay, for these so people. so uh, Kings won the cup in uh, 2014. In 2012. And, and 2012. Uh, and so Iafalo, um, it looks like his first season was 17-18. So he was not on those cup teams. I know Pearson was, guy. obviously. He's a younger guy. And it looks like um, not bad in terms of production either. Uh, first year, he had 9 goals, 16 assists. Second year, 15 goals, 18. Then 17-26. And now he's got 6 goals, 10 assists in 25 games. So... How many, how many goals uh, is that in his first season? Uh, nine. Uh, uh, he's already, nine he, already he already outscored Michael Dow Cole's career so far, four years ago. So, I always think about um, how I think Josh Hosang still has more points um, than Michael Dow Cole. It's fucked. Yeah. Um. And it, anyway. Uh... But but yeah, <laughs> I, I mean yeah. So so I mean. It's interesting, but the th- the thing to me to glean from all of that is to say that like, so the Islanders are, are active now, 
and they're also trying to like they're they're active maybe they're going to try to make i i could see them it's now harder depending on on how lee's situation is yeah. but i mean bellows like, like coupling a guy like bellows and one of your extra second rounders like yeah could could get could let you throw Komarov somewhere you know yeah not lad because lad uh, that's inescapable but Komarov only has one more year left so it's like you know if, like it's manageable and especially it's manageable especially if you're getting a second rounder and a a like a prospect that you can plug in now especially if it's a more offensive system yeah yes huh um of all of of these three, I follow kind of seems like a. You know, it's it's tough, um, but yeah, I I you know of these of the, any of these three, seem like they would be an upgrade at least you know at at least putting more depth on the Islanders, um, it, I I can't help but think about how, man, just like sit down Josh Hosang with Barry Trotz and have him really work on the details of this game and like you've got a third line winger yeah. for cheap that you yeah. don't have to trade for. Uh yeah, I, I mean it's interesting. So it seems like is is Pierce yeah, I have, I mean I just I like I agree. I'd love for Hosang to be on this team, but I just don't think it's happening. But so Cali Yarncroke is is uh he's twenty nine. Uh-huh um like 29 and a half. he turns he turns 30 in September um uh, how old is uh Pearson so I Iofalo is is 27 he's not that much younger mm. I guess he's just a late bloomer interesting um, all right Pierce and Pearson has the cup yes I think he might have two I think he's got both of them oh shit so no, he has one. He has one. Let's just say the Lee injury, God forbid, is, you know, he's out for a couple months. A month, a couple oh, months. Oh, fuck, yeah. Brutal. Let's just say, like, let's just say, God forbid, that's the case. Uh, I know I know. Oh, God, I mentioned it I last know. podcast a little bit. Um, what about taking a swing at, at Taylor Hall for cheap? If you know he's not producing, throw he's him not going to be cheap. One. Like you don't think he's going to be cheap? He's uh, how many goals does he have? Two. They can't like they. I, 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 I really don't know. Like yeah, you know, they. It's a first year GM. It sucks. I. This sucks for him. This sucks for that man. Well, I mean, it, the like I. I don't think he's going to be traded for. I don't. I don't think it's going to be that expensive. I. 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 Th- I think other teams are going to be able. I don't, the Islanders, as as weak as this draft is supposed to be, the Islanders to me, I think, can't if they can't afford a another year without a first rounder. You know what my opinion is? What? I don't think he's going to fetch a first round pick. But but then then it's you need to be sending a, a good like, the Islanders don't have the Islanders don't have a good enough prospect to send like the Islanders need their first round pick this year because they don't have a good enough pick uh, a prospect 
to send for a guy like Taylor Hall? Maybe. I. It's less of a holding on to or overvaluing the team's own prospects that I'm doing in my brain and more of a I think that I don't think that they're going to get offered anything super good. And so I kind of think the Islanders are then in the thick of it. And this is just a hypothetical, like, who knows? Maybe maybe Taylor Hall is not cooked, but he's just like, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. He, maybe he's, maybe it's a bad year. I don't know. But either way. Maybe he's been cooked every year since his MVP year. Maybe. Maybe he's getting a little bit, a little bit crispier every single year. And I don't know. I just think that. It could work. Throw him on a line with Matt Barzell and Jordan Everly, his old buddy. And if it's going to be maybe cheap and Anders Lee is going to be out, because I think this is the only circumstance you do it, is if Anders Lee is going to be out and you're like, you know what? Here's an instance where we could maybe, on on the cheaper side, trade for a first-line winger um, because mm-hmm. ours is out. And it won't cost us as much as it would in other years because this guy himself is not having a good year. Uh, maybe it's because he's on the Sabres, maybe not. But I'm leaning towards thinking maybe it's because he's a Sabre. Huh. I I mean, th- this has me looking up like uh, I'm curious who are like uh, free agents on expiring. Con- you know, and, and something that's going to make this this uh, trade deadline. Wild is the the two month uh, the two month two month the two week quarantine two week. period. It, yeah, it's it's pretty significant. Like uh, like I I think like that that means that if if you're trying to deal with the team uh, across the border, you need to trade. Uh, if if you want to be able to have a month with that player, you need to be trading like now, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so, well, you know, as, as something that I'm curious what the what the the market would be for this player. I could see, I could if there's a player that that would get overpaid for, it would be this player, I think. Um, but the hockey news mentioned this actually on, on their podcast. Uh, Nick Foligno. Yeah, seems like seems like he would fit everything that they're doing. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, but I feel like that's a guy that, that Columbus is going to want a shit ton of money for, yeah. I know my, uh, you know, a, sh- a shit ton of, well, yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be assets expensive in terms of assets. Yeah. Because he means so much to that franchise. It, it, it's, it's kind of a new Shane Doan situation. Sure. I, I, the idea, the idea of upgrading the defense, which it seems like they're less bullish on than we are, uh, is is interesting as well. Um, or even just trading for a depth defenseman. We'll 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 get further into the trade stuff maybe next week and the week after as this deadline kind of approaches. But let's 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 talk around the league the the other stuff that's going on around the league. Let's talk about this ESPN deal. Yeah, I, I mean, so so starting next season, uh, they are going to be ESPN is going to have. Uh, I think they're they're going to have weekly a weekly Thursday game. I believe it was. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN Plus is going to have like a thousand games. To ESPN Plus or maybe more. The ESPN Plus has a bunch of games now. I, I wonder if I haven't looked into the details of of this part. 
but like to ESPN plus now it's basically just like you get the one of the local streams of that game it's not like ESPN has personalities right I'm hoping this means that you have ESPN personalities like independently broadcasting just because it's it's it would be nice to have a, a objective or a a a third party kind of yeah narration of a game you know um yeah 100 percent. so um i i so i like the idea of maybe gary thorne getting back uh back in the booth he has he owns some of my favorite hockey calls from my childhood uh especially the the raymond bork stanley cup uh the the when when the clock was ticking uh off the in the final moments of that 2001 avalanche stanley cup that ray bork uh they won for ray bork you know um amongst a bunch of other uh, a bunch of other calls that i just remember he's 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 got a great voice uh he also called the um and this gets lost in the video itself because the video is more famous for the the guy screaming uh uh, what is it? The bowling video. Um, who do you think you are? I am. Not familiar. You're not familiar with who do you think you are? I am. Maybe I don't know, man. I'm I'm pretty buzzed right now. So I'll I'll have to send you that after uh, after. <laughs> but Gary Thorne calling a bowling tournament. Uh, that is on ESPN because I believe he's got a contract with or had a contract with ESPN. And uh, basically, this guy needs a strike to. <laughs> this guy needs a strike to to win this tournament, and. Uh, it's very tense, and supposedly a spectator was kind of giving it to him the whole tournament, trying Jesus to get him off this game. The headspace of that guy. Yes, and he bowls, so he 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 hits the strike, and he goes berserk, and he starts screaming, "Who do you think you are? I am." That yeah, that that's good. Wow. But that... Gary Thorne is the Gary Thorne is the voice that gets lost uh, in that in that video because he does the, and you know, it is, it's good or strike, whatever, whatever he, whatever he calls. I'll just send you the video. Um, love to see him get back in the booth. Love to see new eyes on the game. Uh, I just hope that, uh, kind of echoing something that Sean McIntyre said on the news puck soup. Uh, the second that someone is covering the NHL for ESPN and they get something wrong. Like his example was almost perfect. Uh, they call it offsides instead of offside. Uh, that a bunch of neckbeard uh basement dwellers don't uh, you know, scream at them over the internet for three hours straight. Uh, you gotta kind of give these guys uh who are kind of gonna be refamiliarizing themselves with hockey or getting familiar for the first time with hockey. Uh, give them a little bit of time to like learn learn about the sport understand it and like the mistakes will be fun and um hopefully it's just it, it breathes new life into this game and and can get some young kids interested and playing and then you got a whole you know it's 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 good for everyone it's 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 good for everyone when more people like hockey yeah and, and it's it's good uh you know if if we can get some Stephen a smith interviews in in this world I am hockey players. Yeah, I so I, I know he tweeted about the chance of the rapper hockey inter, uh, hockey SNL skit uh, sketch. I would I would love to see 
which which clearly means that someone is either either he is being self-aware enough about the nhl deal where he's like thinking about how he's gonna have to talk about it and he's kind of like using that as like a breaking the ice type situation or if someone is like kind of whispering in his ear like you're gonna have to be hearing about this covering it maybe so start kind of getting your your twitter followers a little bit more you know throw some hockey tweets in there once in a while here's something to break the ice with um he, he mentioned the islanders today in his his video of like the top five things Stephen a smith knows about uh hockey are and you serious? What what the fuck did he say? Number two was Damian Woody is a Islanders fan. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I was gonna and, say like, I I'm pretty sure that he claims the Rangers as his team. But but it was just like watching Stephen A. Smith just like refer to the New York Islanders was just like hearing wild. Stephen A. Smith say the New York Islanders is is something that I've got, I've got to look that up. That's very funny. Um, well, someone tweeted, uh, "Wow, I, I really need to see the Stephen A. Smith uh, redacted '91 interview." <laughs> like, the concept of that is just like I can't imagine <laughs> how that communication would go down. Two polar opposite personalities, opinions nonstop, opinions within opinions, and nothingness. Yeah, just a pure void. Of the brain and joy. Yeah, um, you're gonna get you're gonna get more college hockey, uh, Bucci Gross stuff going on and and uh, Linda Cohen stuff and hey, you know maybe Wyshynski takes on a bigger role even uh, covering hockey. Let's it's get a puck soup cool. TV show, man. Let's get that, it. Let's get it going. That'd be sick. A, a puck yep. soup, uh, and then we fight them. We we beef with them. I um, would like that. That would be great. Uh, I would like that a lot, even though I, th- I think all three of them are great for different reasons. Yeah, I think selfishly it would be, be- best for the pod if we uh, if we fought with them for sure. Um, and so I, I mean I, I, I'm excited for it. I, I uh, I'm excited to be. I, I don't know. I guess when, when I was younger, I think I like watching the Islanders on the rare game that they'd get on ESPN. They almost never won it, like, ever, uh, and and like, it's just interesting now. Now, the like, it was very much the Michael Pekka Islanders that played most of the. I, I think there's maybe like one game before the Michael Pekka Islanders that was on yeah. ESPN, but it was like that era of the team was the one that was on ESPN, and it's a very just like kind of. With the exception of that first year, it's very like nondescript, blasé, barely over five hundred team, and it's like right. it feels like now seeing an Islander game on ESPN, which I imagine is going to put more effort. Hopefully, it's just hopefully it's better than NBCSN. Like NBCSN has been bad. The coverage is bad. They have bad personalities that are not interesting. That like hopefully this is what what comes out of ESPN. It is something that actually is enjoyable to watch. It's not even enjoyable for us to watch like NBCSN intermission shit. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we're pretty easy to please when it comes to hockey. So who the hell would enjoy watching Keith Jones and Mike Babcock just kind of mumble a bunch of like dumbass old school platitudes about hockey. 
because you know how hockey works. It's like, yeah. no, like uh, what I what I think I like about ESPN, what I hope, I hope ESPN kind of takes this uh, Stanley Marvel Comics kind of approach of like every episode, every issue, every game might be somebody's first game. I think I think it would be good to have some sure. level of easy onboarding. Um, and I, yeah. maybe some, maybe some of that has to also just do with better production. Maybe you have you know better just the the ESPN sports reporters ideally are better than the NBC reporters, right? Yeah. You hope. Yeah. So so you, you hope. hope you hope that Emily Kaplan and Greg Wyshynski are able to get better interviews out of yeah intermission people. You know, like that'd be great if their intermission like. That would they that that's a great role for them, honestly. Yeah, and it'd be a smart way to, to handle that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So, going in with high hopes, the both of us, um, we kind of touched on the flat cap a little bit already. Well, yeah, going... I, I I don't understand how this TV deal. It's it, for I mean I guess I the teams have lost a lot of money, the leagues lost a lot of money, but like the flat cap that definitely sucks for uh, for certain teams uh more than the islanders but it it does suck on some level for the islanders yeah because that's if it if it does stay he said he did hedge a little like at or or close to like a flat cap yes to me maybe he's over selling it that'd be nice just because i think he tends to do that um so, so, so that if it becomes, uh, if it's only that for two years, it's, it gets to be a, a success. Yes. It's That's smart it's politics. Very... Honestly, if he's doing that, it's shitty, but it's smart politics. He's very calculated and safe with a lot of the stuff he says, other than the one time that he, uh, declared the sun, his enemy. Uh, yes. I think that was the most out of pocket that I've ever seen Gary Bettman blade. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see where this journey takes us. Um, Barzell's then, contract is is up in three years, so it's it's. And he's still an RFA. I'm not worried about Barzell. I think they'll get him. I think they'll get him on a. Uh, I think they'll get him on a decent deal. It's, it, but but that that definitely affects Sizikis. Although that was already it, it was implied this year was going to be a flat cap. I think. Yeah, if not was, already outright said so. Yeah, but yeah. Pulak needs a deal in a couple of years, so you know it's. We'll see. I think they'll get, I think they'll, you know, they're going to, they're building the team around Pollock and uh, Barzell. So I'm, those two, I'm not, I'm not too worried about. And as long, the other thing that I'm not worried about is as long as they keep winning, you know, it's not a, it's not a redacted 91 situation. The reason he left is because they were terrible and he wanted to play in the playoffs. Yeah. It's the Islanders are good. And I, I, you know, it feels like, they've maintained some kind of stability the last three years and there's some faith there that they can that they can do it for longer barry trotz is a an unbelievable coach a bit of a player's coach so i'm not i'm not too worried about uh losing out on star power uh when the team is good and winning you gotta worry about that when you suck well, and oh. yeah, and speaking of sucking, and another, I guess, thing, I guess the last thing we want to touch on just as far as yeah. like league housekeeping is apparently uh, some proposed or, or considered changes uh, to the, the draft lottery system. 
they, I, I think largely inspired by uh, the way they've tried to do it the last four years has led to teams that weren't that bad jumping a preposterous height to either Rangers, Rangers, um, Devils, twice. Flyers. Like the, Flyers. the first year they did it was the, I believe the first year they did it was the Heischer, the Heischer Patrick draft. And it's like the Devils and Flyers were not that bad. And I think the Flyers may have just barely missed. Um, or, or, or the, the yeah, Devils. Yeah, the Flyers, the Flyers in particular were not that bad. Like both teams um, were, were not that bad yet, no. yet jumped a big, and then you, you have situations with, I mean, the Red, the Red Wings, uh, the Red Wings, being historically bad last year saved by the the pandemic as it as it were um because they, they were horrible last year and they end up picking fourth and mm -hmm. and um i guess the league is is trying to figure out how to That's how, you know what that you go this yeah so th this this situation has screwed the avalanche a good bit too uh, they had that Senators pick from the Duchesne trade that could have went two, uh, either one or two, I believe, and they had it happen to another pick of theirs that could have went one or two, and they wound up with four both times. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of those number four picks was Cal McCarr. So it is a situation where, yeah, it sucks, but it's the luck of the draw sometimes. With these types of things, and who, like, who was the other? Who was the other four? Let me look because it was someone significant. So, so, so Why while you look, let, let me just quickly. Dude. While you look, let me just quickly uh, say. Uh, so the of uh, the proposed changes are the uh, teams would be limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five year period. Uh, would be allowed to jump only ten spots with a lottery win. And the number of picks decided by lottery would be reduced from three to two. So you'd only be picking uh, one and two, which would mean that that the the worst the last place team could do was third, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. With that, so yep. so that that like th that that is so who who is that other that other uh, four pick? Bowen Byram. Okay, Byram well, McCarr. Yeah. Good, not bad. Yeah, very good. But, yeah. You know, it's a situation where, hey, uh, would you rather have Nolan Patrick or Camel Carr on your team right now? You know yeah. what I mean? Well, it, it depends you on the year. Yeah. Camel Carr. Of course. It, to, to me, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it seems like they're trying to create this world where they make sure if you're bad, you're not guaranteed number one, but you're not hurt too much. And if... Yeah. You're like they're trying to like, and it seems like it's all in in spirit of like, trying to be nuanced, but like in in such a vague like in service of such a vague idea of fairness. You know what I mean? Where like, I, I guess they're trying to prevent tanking, but like no, the problem like I I think the bigger problem is they tried to prevent the. Like they implemented these rules because they were clearly embarrassed by Edmonton always being last, and in particular that whole. It was, Arizona, the, same, 
it was the Sabres Coyotes uh, Sabres fans cheering when the Coyotes scored yeah. in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which was, uh, uh, ob- you know, it, it was just awesome. That w- <laughs> that happening was great. I, in my opinion, good for the sport. Um, <laughs> no, I I understand that it's like a bad look. <laughs> but but it's a bad it's a bad look to have like it's a bad look to have a shitty te- like it's a bad look to have teams that are so shitty that they need that. Yes. So it's yep. like, I, I, yeah, to me, I, I don't know. I, I, the Oilers situation is way more embarrassing than that, in my opinion. Like, and neither of these the, teams has won the cup. Like uh, that's the other thing no. with, with this is like, it's not that big. Like I, it's weird. They're they're embarrassed at it for like seemingly cosmetic reasons because like the it's not like the integrity of hockey was broken. If anything, like the integrity of hockey as this thing where like everything needs to work, everybody needs to work together. Everyone needs to learn about each other. Like you know what? That's, that side of it is, is is what's like what shows that just because you keep drafting first after first after first doesn't make you a winner. I think that every year a GM gets a little bit pissed off that their team missed out on. A couple GMs get a little bit pissed off that their teams miss out on these higher picks, and teams like the Rangers get that number one pick. You know, for the last handful of years, it's just built up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more to the point where these guys, they're they're probably just appeasing these guys at at a certain point. And they're like, we will change these rules. You have to imagine that someone like Steve Eiserman, you know, is is probably complaining to whoever he can about it. Um, it, It's it's a thing where I, I think that they're doing this to appease the GMs more than anything. Yeah, well, I mean, and and I think I think one of the Sean McIndoe uh, podcasts talked about how like if you're if you're a owner, you'd want to find out how the GM voted, like how your GM voted on this because it's like if a GM just voted to like make it easier for themselves to not get fired or have more plausible deniability, like that's that's the name of being a GM. It's they they try and you know they do complain about all these rules and to to make it the easiest they can to be a GM for as long as they can be. I yeah like I, I would I would love to see so I, I guess yeah I, I mean I, to me they should just go back to the all of this shit is just it's so convoluted and like to me just go back to the system that they had before this which was like. You know, it's it's weighted. The most you could jump is five. So only the worst five teams have a shot at yeah getting number one. Like to me, that's fair to me. That that works. Uh, it, it's it's it it serves better. You can win the lottery if you're lower. If if you're like the sixth worth team, but then you'd only hop to the second seat. Like like yeah. So it, it's one of those things where. Um, I think everyone. I I think everyone wins in that scenario. And, and I think they should go back to that because I I also think that like something that's been brought up in like in in the discourse about tanking and whatnot. It's like yo know, tanking um, is horrible for a team to do. Like like economically, like it is so bad to put a bad pro like to tank. You're you're putting out a deliberately bad product. You you're signaling that, that like you know you're not going to get playoff revenue, and you're signaling to your fan base 
that it's not happening this year. So then that, that significantly hurts the casual interest in the, in the game. And like, it, it hurts the gates. It hurts everything. Tanking hurts a franchise. And to me, it's like if a franchise is doing, is willing to lose that much money, if they believe that, that like they're that fucked to like, just give themselves like a 25% chance of getting a player or a, whatever it, it like it was before. Uh, yeah, it was like a, 49% chance to get the, if you're the worst team, to get the number one. Yeah. Like, I guess that is, those are pretty good odds, but still, like, to me, just go back, go back to the old system because, like, if a team is so fucked that they're willing to lose, to sing, to lose that much money, they must actually need a player that good. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. You know, I, I, we should, we should kind of just go back to the system that we had. Um, but yeah, so, you know, what can you do? We'll see, we'll see what happens regarding all of this, regarding the flat cap, regarding the draft changes. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, coming up, the Islanders have got, um, they've got the Devils two more times. Yep, they got the Devils two more times, and then it really, it really kicks up. It it, it becomes like a bunch of let me see here. Punks. Capitals, Capitals, Flyers. So it's Devils twice, Capitals, Flyers, and we'll be recording after that Flyers, uh, after that Flyers game. So yeah, so um, so they, they start to you know come back into the world of like, all right, prove it, like like. You really yeah. have to, th- th- that will be the big, and, and you know, that will be the hockey narrative. Like that'll be the, the narrative. Now that the hockey media started paying attention to the team, that'll be the thing they yes. talk about. So in my perfect world, the Islanders go, you know, in a situation where they have to lose at least one. One, they lose the next game to the Devils in overtime, and then they kick the shit out of them the next game, and then they win two games against the Capitals and Flyers. That's my uh, ideal scenario. You, you, you said three and one. Sorry, you, you cut out for a little bit there. So I said my ideal scenario is in a situation where they'd have to lose at least one game, three zero and one, where they lose to the Devils in overtime. Then they kick the shit out of the Devils, and then they beat the Flyers and Capitals, Capitals and Flyers respectively. Yeah, I mean that's I, my ideal. Situation. Yeah. That that's my that that's mine as well. Like I I think I I want to see them get seven out of eight. Like I, I don't want them to lose any, but like I'd be fine with like dropping an overtime or shootout thing to the Devils because yep. they really need to show up against the the, Capitals. the big teams. Yeah, especially the Capitals, especially yeah. the Capitals. They did lose two overtime games to the Flyers the two times they played them this year. So you got to hope that they've got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, especially after kind of ha- haven't been humming for so long. Um, and the but, same thing with yeah. the Capitals situation where they lost the Capitals with an incomplete lineup where you got to hope that they're like, you know what, let's fucking let's go. And you got to kind of hope that they, if their minders are going to be elsewhere for any of these games, it's going to be against the one of the games against the Devils, in which case you hopefully can manage, you know, getting a point out of that as well. Never yeah. know, though. For Who knows? Sure. Maybe we're talking about an eleven-game win streak. Uh, I hope. I hope. And let, let's yeah. hope Anders Lee, you know, has accepted my friend request. 
you know when when he thinks and God about is... the wrongs he's he's done into the into the universe. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you you get done editing this pod, and uh, you see a little notification that Anders Lee has accepted your friend and a message. Request. And I want a message as well. Hey, I'm sorry, I was going through something. Yes, for seven years. And he doesn't have to really specify exactly what it is, but yeah, even just getting the message itself is is enough. And maybe he volunteers to be a guest on the pod. Who knows? That would be good. I, and, and I think we might have an, another Islanders guest on the pod in the near future. Actually, cool, sick. All righty. Well, th- thank thank you to anybody that's actually listened to all this. This has been through the island, and Peace. we'll uh, see you next week. <laughs>